It's the California Wine Country Podcast with Steve Jackson and Dan Berger. We taste, we laugh, we learn. It's time for California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. And it's always a pleasure to have a man I call Don Don. He's the great Don Chigazola. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? It's uh, always great to come visit you here at the station, and we always have such a great time. We do. Love talking about these wines and these families that I meet over in Italy. Thank you for inviting me back. Always a pleasure. And I've got some fabulous white wines today from the region of Friuli, the far northeast of Italy, up against the Slovenian border and right there next to the Adriatic. We were talking about that area a Tuesday on the Vintner's Voice with Michael Handy from Sonoma County Vintners because we tasted some stuff from that area. These vineyards are literally two miles from the border with Slovenia. Cool. So you're right up there. Very, It's mountainous, but it's warm during the day and very cold at night when you get that cold mountain air coming down. Dan Berger's on his way. He's stuck in some traffic. He'll be here for California Wine Country, again brought to you by Bottle Barn on Fridays. Okay, Don, every time you're in, I gotta have you explain what it is you do. You got one of the coolest gigs there is. You and your wife go to Italy, you go to these small wineries and family wineries, and you talk to these people, and then you taste their wine, and if you like it, you buy it, and you bring it back so we can taste it. That's exactly right. And I got to tell you, I pinch myself every day. You should. Uh, I, I feel so fortunate uh, that we're able to do what we do. And you're absolutely right. We drive the back roads of Italy and we focus on small family producers that have been doing it for generations. We typically will go into a small village. I will find the centro, the center of town, and I'll... Uh, Find the park bench right there in the Centro, and without fail, there's always a group of old Italian men sitting on the bench. And I'll just walk up and, and strike up a conversation and yeah. introduce myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm conversational in Italian. I would never say I'm fluent, but I get by. And I'll ask them, who makes the best particular wine in this area? And immediately a fight breaks out. Of course. And they start arguing and shouting. And they're throwing um, checkers at each other. I learn a lot new uh, of vocabulary uh, <laughs> during the conversation. But yeah. I get names that way, and then I'll go knock on doors and say, Hey, I understand you've got the endorsement of the town center. I understand you make wine. I'd like to taste it. And you're right. If, uh, if I feel that it's a, an excellent representative of that district, uh, of the varietal I'm looking for. We strike up a relationship, and I become their California wine importer. Like I said, the coolest job in the world. You're a lucky man, as, you, really met, as you know. So the company itself, tell us about your company and how people can uh, check you out and purchase some of these amazing wines that you bring from Italy. Steve, we've been in business now about 12 years, Yeah, and it's primarily internet-based. We are located here in Sonoma County. The wines are warehoused here in Sonoma County. We sell locally to uh, restaurants. In fact, you can find our wines at Cabianca on 2nd Street and Riviera on One of my favorite, two of my favorite places. We also sell direct-to-consumer via our website, uh, which is www.chigazolamerchants.com. And we also have a wine club. In fact, uh, your producer, Kathy, is a member of our wine club. I know she is. And so we have her endorsement, I think. Um, you know, and until Burger gets in here, there's only Italians in this uh, train car. Sometimes on days like this, I call them Burgerino. 
We make a couple of trips to Italy. We always spend the month of April in Italy, primarily because of the big international wine show called Vin Italy, where right. you have 6,000 producers showing up in Verona, pouring their wines, looking for people like me to buy it. We also do some scouting around for new producers at the, at the wine show. You said uh, 11 years now? 12 years now. And I originally retired from the med tech industry. I wanted to do something completely different and something I was passionate about, and I found it. You did find it, and you've succeeded at it at ChigazolaMerchants.com. When you're meeting with these families and these small wineries in many small areas of Italy, talk a little more about how that goes down, uh, you know, because it, it's fascinating. And, and you mentioned the, the guys in the square yelling at each other and fighting, you know, hey, we're Italian. We, we get it. Steve, all of these small artisan producers, they're absolutely the most wonderful families. And Mm -hmm. basically, they're farmers. They're not business people. They're not corporations. They're farmers. And they are so close to their land. Uh, You know, uh, for them, family first, land second. But uh, they are so tied and so in in touch with their land that – and they're so proud of their product, uh, of their heritage – I usually meet, uh, Debbie and I usually end up uh, sitting down uh, to have dinner with them in their home, and we'll have three generations around the table with us, Um, and it's just, it's, I got to tell you, of all of the aspects of wine importing, this is the aspect that I value the most, and I never expected it. I wasn't expecting this at all. Explain that a little, get a little deeper into that. Yeah. So, I, you know... I come from the business world. I was expecting going over, making this, you know, a supply chain sourcing uh, exercise. I I knew how to do that. And, you know, using all American corporate speak. uh, But I quickly realized they're in a completely different culture, in a different world. Exactly. And uh, I had to adjust. Number one, I had to start to learn to live in the moment instead of thinking about the project schedule. Right. Um, but they taught me so much. You know, they taught me uh, what's important and that it's, re- it's all about relationship. And, uh, you know, the way I describe it is they work very, very hard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they work to live. And over in this country, at least in my career, I always felt that we live to work. Amen. And uh, we have it backwards. But uh, they help me. Get in touch with that and really understand that. Now, I never will forget, I was having a first meeting with our Barolo producer, and we agreed on an order and a mix and a price. And I said, okay, what's the schedule? When will this be ready to be picked up? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, Don, relax. Of course, in Italian, but he said, Relax. I'll let you know. <laughs> when it's ready, when it'll it's be ready, ready yes. Chigazola. And don't worry about it. it yeah, will be exactly, ready. exactly. And he was right. You know, he, mm-hmm. it wasn't anything I had to worry about at all. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I owe them a great deal. Uh, they impacted my life in so many ways. Get a little deeper into how you are able to do this. First, let me start by saying it's very expensive to really? ship right now. And so I wait until I have wines from several families ready to go. Makes sense. Uh, so that I could fill up a container or get very close to it. Once I place the orders with them and tell them this is what I want and this is 
about when I'd like it ready, you know, if, if that works for them. Then I have to start working with the regulatory people. In the United States, they have specific labeling requirements, as sure. any of our local winemakers know. And so I have to get every label of every wine of every producer pre-approved by the U.S. government. So I'll, I'll do all that work up front, even before I place an order. Uh, but that must make, uh, take a lot of time. More administrative time on my part. Their actual process now with the government, they've improved tremendously. It used to take me three months to get a label approved. Now it's as quick as a couple of days. Really? It's all online now, all electronic. Okay. You know, you, you could upload JPEG images now. And so I have to say hats off to the TTB. They've done a fantastic job of improving that whole process. Um, and then uh, once I have their labels approved, I'll say, go ahead. You could print the labels and, and start uh, assembling the order. Then I wait for them all. And like right now, I've got wines from seven families loading onto a ship in Livorno, Italy, as we speak. No kidding. Once they say they're ready, I then start working with an international wine shipping company and give them copies of the purchase order and say, go get it. And so they call their Italy office. They send trucks out. They drive all over the country because these seven families are all over the country. Mm -hmm. They'll collect it and consolidate it in the port of Livorno. They'll put it on a container ship. Uh, and it, it takes uh, two weeks to go from Livorno, Italy, to if I'm going into New York, uh, into the port of New York. Uh, this particular shipment is going to uh, go through the Panama Canal and come through uh, Oakland. It takes about six weeks from the time I say go until I see it in my warehouse in Windsor, California. Amazing. And then it comes in here, and how do you get it off the container ship? Once I get notification from the warehouse that it's entered into my inventory. It's now put on our website. And so at that time, anybody could go online and place an order. If my clients live here in Santa Rosa, uh, when they order from my website, I personally pick it up and I'll deliver it to their home or their right. business or wherever they want. Yeah. If they're, uh, I've got clients out of state. We, we have, as I mentioned, we have a wine club. And, and so every quarter we ship wine and we have uh, about 20 wine club members outside of California that we ship to. Oh, look, Dan Bergerini's here on Italian Day. <laughs> I heard the show as I was driving in, so I know exactly what you're talking about. The one thing that we didn't talk about, and Don will validate this for sure, is that there's, what is it, 600 grape varieties are being made into wine in, in Italy today? 600 grape varieties, different wines. The one nice thing about that is that they're all very interesting and very, very good. The Italians really love their olive oil and they love tomatoes both uh, elements of the food culture that's really based on a acid and that's why italian wines are great balanced wines typically and that's one of the reasons why so few people have ventured into the question of importing italian wines these are really fascinating wines but they're not commonplace in terms of the aromatics or the tastes but they're delicious. They're absolutely fabulous, and especially with food. Don, talk about what you had poured for us in our brand-new Wine Country radio uh, glasses. Thank you, Melissa. They're gorgeous. What is this? Sure. All three white wines you're going to be tasting today are from the region called Friuli, far northeast. And they're all from the same family. This is the Traverso Ornella Malone family. Oh, really? They own two wineries. In fact, you've had Ornella Malone on the show a couple of years ago from their winery down in the Veneto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this winery is up in Friuli. It's 
very near a little village called Perpoto, which is very close to the Slovenian border. And so wonderful, because of the microclimate there, wonderful region for white wines. Very warm days, very cold nights, very gravelly soil. So the the vines have to go very deep down uh, in order to find nutrients and water. The Traverso family, father and three sons, Giancarlo Traverso is the patriarch. His oldest son, Stefano, is the winemaker, does a fabulous job. And then there are two other sons, Alex and Loris, uh, work in the business in marketing and, and running the business. This first wine we poured for you is called Friolano. This wine, that is the, the grape, by the way, of Friolano. It is from a district in uh, the Friuli called Coli Orientale which is just one of the sub-districts of the region. If you go to any restaurant in this region, their house white is going to be Friolano. Dan, I, you would probably agree this. Uh, uh, Friolano is, is the variety that really kind of is most emblematic of white wines up in Friuli. And Dan, right. Dan, tell me why I like this so much. Well, first of all, it, it's a little bit like Chenin Blanc uh, in terms of its structure, but it's got good acidity, but the, but the thing about the nice part about this wine is that it's got a juiciness to it. It's soft in the mid-palate, so it goes great with uh, delicate foods. It has a wonderful ability. You could chill it way down, and it becomes a little bit crisper, but the best part about this is that you can serve it at almost any temperature, and it's going to be delicious because it's just beautifully structured. It's got that nice, rich, melony mid-palate. It's got melony, a- that is a good word. Well, it's, yes, it is. It's it is. melony. It is. It's got yeah. the sort of melon character, yeah. white melon sort of thing. But the nice part about this is... These wines typically are not really expensive wines. I mean, in, in, in most cases, you, you pay $30, $40 for a bottle of uh, a high-end uh, white wine from this country. Don, what's the retail price on this? Retail on this is 29 So that's right in the range of the very best wines. And these wines were actually, they're fabulous when they take on aeration, too. So if you open the bottle and don't finish it up, the next day it's going to be just as good, if not better. This is a... Absolutely. I visited uh, this region in 1990. I, I crossed the border from Novogorica to Gorizia, the same town, basically, with a, about a two-mile stretch in between where there's nothing growing. And uh, when you go from uh, Slovenia into Italy, uh, things you can see the culture change, but you can also see how imp- important it is to be on the Italian side of the border. <laughs> the Slovenian side's not particularly very elegant. <laughs> It's just an interesting place to be. And uh, Dan actually met uh, Loris Traverso, the youngest son. Uh, we have, he came into town last month for a couple of days, and uh, Dan and I met him for lunch at Cabianca. And uh, we also introduced him to my good friend Bill Traverso uh, of the Traverso Delicatessen family here. Um, yeah. So they're related? Uh, well, that that was a big discussion at lunch. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> the Sonoma County Traversos are from, if I remember right, the region around Luca. Uh, and yet on the other side of the country is this other uh, Traverso family. So they explained to me that Traverso is actually a fairly common name there. And so there's a lot of Traversos. They think they may be related somewhere, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It's the delightful culture of Italy. Don's earlier comments about the friendliness of these people is absolutely the case. These are really dedicated, hardworking, agricultural-based farmers. In 1990, I visited uh, the Corrado family at Vietti in, uh, in Barolo, 
and in the, in the Barola district, and they said, you come for dinner. So I said, well, what, I, are you planning to do dinner? No, no, we plan. Now we plan, they said. It was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They called me on the, my cell phone. They said, you come for dinner. So literally two hours later, I'm, I'm sitting in, in their driveway. They, their, their kitchen wasn't clean enough to eat, so they just put the tables outside in the driveway, and they served this absolutely <laughs> astounding meal that they had thrown together in two hours. It's amazing. <laughs> That's beautiful. Italy is broken into 20 different wine regions. Each region is world-renowned for uh, one or two varietals. Sure. You know, if you think of Piemonte, you think of Barolo and Barbaresco. If you think of Tuscany, you think of Chianti, and you think of Brunello di Montalcino. So uh, we'll go into a, a new region, uh, go to several of the villages, looking for a particular varietal from that region. Um, and that's where the due diligence starts. And due diligence it is. And uh, I, you know, I can only imagine, I mean, even though I, I keep saying you have the coolest gig in the world, I mean, that's a lot of work that, that you and uh, your family have to deal with along with these families in Italy. Yeah, Let me explain a little bit about that because I was there about six years ago. I was visiting with a, an old friend of mine by the name of uh, Tiziana. She was uh, visiting her uh, mother who lives uh, in, the, in the Barolo district. And uh, my wife, Julianne, and I were visiting, and Tiziana took us around to various properties. And some of the properties that she took us to were specializing in grapes that were local grapes. They were locally special, specialty to that region. And I can just imagine what Don must go through. You, you could even talk about this, how difficult <clears throat> it may be to, for you to find a wine that is absolutely fantastic, but made from a grape variety that you know is going to be a difficult sale in the United States because nobody ever heard of it before. I mean, I first my first experience with Arnais in in that district was I was blown away by how good it was and I said, "Wow, this should be sold in the United States." And a friend of mine who was traveling with me at the time in Italy, he said, "We'll never sell Arnais in the United States. Nobody ever heard of it." Tell talk us about Well, you're yeah. exactly right. And, <laughs> good and, point, Dan. Uh, you know, I, when we are here in Sonoma County, I spend much of my time doing wine education because these are varieties that uh, are not well-known here. Uh, they're well-known in Italy and other parts of the world, but they're not well-known here. Um, the exception of this, by the way, is the wine you, you're drinking right now. We spend a lot of time on wine education. I love selling to private parties even more than our restaurants because it gives me a chance to share the stories of these families. Uh, I really consider myself the ambassador here for these families. Sure. And uh, selling their story and not only as, as well as selling their wines. Um, and why it's so important for wine club members, uh, they receive, uh, every quarter they'll receive uh, emails with all the family stories, with the wine notes, the tasting notes, pairing recommendations. So it's really geared towards educating our clients on Italian wines, recognizing that they may not be familiar with these. Sure. In fact, likely or not. Right. This wine we're, we're, we're trying right now is a Sauvignon Blanc, and the reason that it's so interesting is it's not like any Sauvignon Blanc I have ever tasted. It's Italian Sauvignon Blanc, especially from this region, Colio Orientale. And what's the difference between a California Sauvignon Blanc and an Italian Sauvignon Blanc? In this particular case, the wine, first of all, the wine's dry. 
Which it is, is dry. It is different I'm from, digging it. It's not austere, but it's dry. Yes. It's not like some of those New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs that are sweet. All right. Those are great if you like that style of wine. But this wine really is oriented toward food. Yeah. This, I mean, can you imagine how good this would go with just something like a, a very simply prepared piece of halibut? Just gorgeous. This is exactly why Don would bring a wine like this into the United States, because we know Sauvignon Blanc. This is just a different incarnation of it's it. It's a That's whole different take. Yeah. 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 But it's lovely. The, uh, yeah, the other difference, I'll tell you, is the terroir. Uh, we, we talk so much about terroir, and that word is thrown around all the time. But in this case, it really, I, I think, is the major driver of the differences. Uh, the soil here is... Um, gravelly and it's hillside so a lot of the vineyards in fact many of the vineyards you see here in sonoma county are on the valley floor yeah yeah these are all hillside vineyards and so uh you know much steeper elevation in fact this particular vineyard of this sauvignon blanc is about uh 500 feet so not sea level it's uh, a little bit higher and as i said before very warm days very cold nights yeah and those cold nights provide such good acidity that you, you can just make the wine as simply as possible, and it goes with food, and the acidity is there. Our guest today is the great Don Chigazola. It's chigazolamerchants.com, and it's all about Italian wines. And, uh, of course, Dan Bergerini is with us because it is Italian Day. So. See, si. Yes. Grazie. <laughs> and then you say prego. Prego, prego. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> As I mentioned this big wine show in, Vin- in Verona called Vin Italy. Right. If you could imagine the largest conference, uh, conference building you've ever been in, they have 20 of them in Verona at one site, with each one of these buildings dedicated to one of the 20 regions. And you spend all day walking up and down the aisle, Tasting wines. Hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of wines. Uh, wow. of wines from these yeah. families. Shall we talk about this third wine? The third wine, oh yes. Yeah, you know, this is amazing. And I've enjoyed the other two white wines that you have brought in from Italy, but this is a... This is uh, the number one exported white wine from Italy is Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. So this is yeah. a Pinot Grigio. Uh, not a native varietal to Italy, you know, it, uh, yeah, I didn't probably think native so. to France, I believe, Pinot yeah. Gris in France. Okay. Uh, but uh, grown and uh, managed in, and produced in Italy now for generations. So, um, And Dan, Pinot Gris in Sonoma County in uh, Northern California wine country, I mean, it's a big deal here, right? Very special, especially in the cooler regions. You can grow it in warm regions. It doesn't make a bad wine. Warm regions still makes a nice wine. The problem is it's not classic. This is classic. This one, this this Vigna Traverso Pinot Grigio is a classic example. Don, this is one of the smoothest if not the smoothest Pinot Gris, as we say, that I've ever tasted. I well, mean, the Pinot Grigio in this particular case is really an Italian style. That is to say, it, there is a little teeny bit of white wine tannin in the aftertaste, just the tiniest yeah, yeah, trace yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. I get that. But I get that, that little trace is what makes it so good with the right kind of foods. 
because you don't even notice it when you're sipping it by itself. But when you get it with food, the flavors of the wine begin to stay in your mouth and harmonize with the food. It I becomes agree. such a beautiful combination of flavors. And that's something that most people don't think about. They think about Pinot Gris or Pinot Gris. Pinot Gris is like a sipping wine. Okay, that's fine. But wines that's th- that are this good, they really call for food as well as uh, they do. Because, and the finish on this is, is still ki- yeah. killing me. Uh, Mike, again, get down to the cellar and get some uh, fried clams <laughs> and some steamed clams for me. And, I've, uh, I've uh, been standing in this vineyard, and uh, it, when you look at the soil, it's, it's just gravelly. And uh, you would think nothing is going to grow here, uh, but these vineyards are just beautiful. Um, and again, hillside vineyards, it's not valley, it's hillside. Right. So uh, good elevation and just a wonderful terroir for, for this wine. This is uh, one of my favorite wines that I've tasted uh, in this train car in months. It's a little drier than the Friulano. The Friulano is a softer, more yeah, yeah, juicy yeah. kind of wine. This is a more classic example. Now, you're going to laugh when you hear this, Steve. It's, it'll be a shock to you when I tell you that I would put Dan, this... Dan, I laugh at everything you say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I would put this away for five years. I ser- no, seriously. No, this is a 20... 20- no, I'm is not two- laughing. I, right. I would... Uh, yes. I mean, this is a 2021, so in, in about four more years, this is going to take on a little different character, and I think it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I get Don, it. do you have any older ones of this? Yeah, well, not of, of the Vigna Traverso, no, but I have a... Uh, a producer uh, from the same area, in fact, just down the, the road from this producer. Uh, and I have a 2013 that um, is fantastic, but it, uh, of course, it's going to have a, it's going to take on a different color in the glass. It's of course. Gonna, uh, it look oxidized. But, it will darken a little bit, so, but uh, that's but not it, a problem. It just is tasting so smooth. I want to share with you the uh, the last time I was standing in these uh, vineyards and visited this winery of uh, Giancarlo Traverso. Uh, we were with a couple of uh, very good clients and very dear friends, and they asked if they could join us. Um, and so I said, we'd like to experience what we experienced. And so they came along with us on this winery visit. Nice. And uh, we drove up to this winery, and Stefano Traverso met us there, the winemaker, we immediately uh, put us in a jeep and started climbing up this big hillside in this open air jeep, um, four wheel drive, going through the vineyards and uh, just showing us just spectacular vistas uh, of these hillsides. And uh, you know, I I know our friends didn't know what to expect, but. Uh, sure. They uh, they thought this was pretty pretty neat, and then we went back to the winery, and Stefano spent about two hours with us, giving us a master class on barrel aging and barrel tasting. And he's aging wines. You know, his current release of some of his reds right now is twenty sixteen, and he'll age them in American oak and French oak and Slovenian oak, and then come up with a blend of. Barrels from each of those. These people are so incredibly proud of what they're yeah. pioneering. In fact, pioneering, they, they, they literally are coming from families that are five, six, seven, ten generations later. And that they consider themselves to be pioneers because they're 
using more modern techniques in the vineyard. They're more modern yeah, techniques right. in the winery. Right. They're using all kinds of innovative ideas to improve what their great grandparents were pioneering, you know, 150 years ago. Yeah, it's, and, it's so amazing. Man. It is amazing. I mean, we think of ourselves here. We're the third generation family. Thank you very much. This is the 19th generation family in Italy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and it's fascinating to visit some of those properties. And I visited. I was there. Was you talked about three generations earlier in the show? And I was I was fortunate enough to be with the Corrado family at Vietti some years ago, and there were four generations sitting at the same table. This would have been 1990, and Francesco Corrado was two years old wow. at the dinner table. Wow. And, he was, and his, his great-grandmother was playing soccer with him in the, in, the, in, the, in the patio. Now, here it is, 33 years later, and who comes over to the United States Francesco Corrado, Corrado yeah. to meet with me for lunch the other wow, day. Wow, man. <laughs> and it was just the other day? <laughs> yeah, it's just recently, yeah. <laughs> the so, amazing Dan Bergerini on Italian Day <laughs> on California Wine Country, brought to you by Bottle Barn. The great Don Chigazola is here. It's chigazolamerchants.com. You need to get on that website and look at what uh, they have brought over from Italy and all the wines available uh, and by the way, Dan Bergerini uh, has brought, uh, as he does every uh, Friday, brings his uh, cellar wine. This is technically not a cellar wine. It's a brand new wine. It just came out. No, this is a 2022 rosé called The Language of Yes. And the name comes from a trans- a, 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 an actual literal translation of the phrase Languedoc, which is a southern France designation. Yeah, haven't we talked about this before? We talked about Languedoc. We haven't talked about this particular Uh, language of yes. Language of yes is Randall Graham's rosé. I bought this at uh, Bottle Barn, surprisingly, and absolutely delicious rosé wine, and Bottle Barn is carrying this. It's 2022 Central Coast. It's called A Pink Wine, and then it says the language of yes Les Fruits Rouges, which is uh, red wine grapes made into a pink wine. And this was made by Randall Graham's winemaker, uh, Nicole Williams. She's brilliant. And this wine is essentially all Grenache. It's Grenache, but, but made as a pink wine. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Grenache. Uh, I've not had a Grenache rosé before, so this is a new experience for me. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, I think Dan, Dan, I don't like it. You don't like it? No, it's too wimpy. Uh, well, it's not cold. That's the problem. And Don pointed this out at the uh, break. Yeah, you okay, know, it okay, needs to okay. be cold. I, I think it would, you'd have a very different tasting experience if this were chilled uh, and cold. This, I understand. It's gotten warm at this point. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I really like it. I think the flavors are Grenache-specific. And it's a 2022. Yeah, exactly. It needs another six months. The language of yes is actually a translation of Languedoc because Langa is, is language and Auk is a dialectical we in the south of France. So Randall Graham came up with this idea to make these wine. And this is a completely dry wine. So it's not exactly, there's no rosé character here. It's no, really, there's not. It's, like it's very dry, but it's almost too like, dry for me. And, uh, and I'm a dry it, wine guy. It, it, even it would ro- be better colder. I think yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the most impressive thing is how it. the winemaker chose to allow the Grenache to be the dominant flavor. 
I really like it, and the aroma is gorgeous. It's uh, chickazolamerchants.com. You must go to that website and check out what Don and his family do, importing these amazing Italian wines. Thank you. Always a pleasure to come and visit you at the show. I've got wine on the water right now as we speak, so as soon as the new ones arrive, we'll schedule something. Beautiful. Great to see you, my friend. Buonasera a tutti. Good evening, everyone. 